What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Do you want to learn how to manage your own investments? Are you ready to stop paying investment management fees and start building wealth? The DIY Investing Podcast is dedicated to providing you with the knowledge, skills, and resources you need to be a better investor. Learn how to make investments through the use of fundamental analysis, mental models, and business management insights. Now, here's your host, value investing expert, Trey Henninger. Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the DIY Investing Podcast. My name is Trey Henniger and I'm your host. In today's episode, I will be sharing 10 of the most important lessons I've learned from Joshua Sheets. Quick reminder, this is a listener-supported podcast. If you'd like to support this podcast and help me to continue creating great investing content, please consider becoming a patron at DIYinvesting.org patron. My goal is to keep this podcast free of outside advertisements. In order to do that, I've decided upon a model that skips the middleman and allows me to receive support directly from you, the listener. My goal is to always provide value to you. Therefore, I have set up a membership program providing investment-based rewards to those who choose to become patrons of this show. I hope you'll check it out at DIYinvesting.org patron. So the focus of this podcast are the lessons that I have learned from Joshua Sheets. I'm sharing this because I actually received inspiration from Joshua recently while listening to his podcast, Radical Personal Finance. And one of the things he talks about is the idea of you don't necessarily need to interview a guest in order to get their lessons that they have provided to you out on the air. And so he hosts a podcast and he's sometimes frustrated about when he interviews a podcast guest that the interviewee doesn't always communicate the lessons that they've learned or that he wants them to communicate on that podcast. And so taking that lesson in stride as an alternative to having Joshua Sheets as a guest on the host, on the show, although I'd be perfectly thrilled to have him as a guest on this show. So I'm going to share uh, 10 of the personal finance lessons that I have learned from Joshua after listening to his podcast. His podcast is currently over 500 episodes long, and I have listened to almost every single one of them over the course of his podcast these past few years. And I encourage you, if you're interested in personal finance and you need, you're looking to learn more about personal finance, Joshua Sheets would be a great resource. Um, his ideas aren't always conventional, um, but they are, I think, helpful in opening your mind to new ways of thinking, which is always a, a valuable lesson to learn. Again, I, I'd definitely be interested in having Joshua Sheets as a 
podcast guest to interview on this show. So if you happen to know Joshua or you're a, a listener on his show, feel free to reach out to him and recommend that he become a, a guest on my show. I would love to do that interview. But So let's just dive into the point. So I have 10 lessons that I want to discuss today that I have learned from Joshua when listening to his podcast. And I hope that when you listen to my podcast, you'll be able to also gain lessons in personal finance and investing and um, find inspiration for it. But I want to just share with you some of the inspirations that I've gained um, through listening to 500 episodes uh, regarding personal finance that Joshua has done. Again, you can find his podcast at RadicalPersonalFinance.com or on your podcast player. So the first lesson that I've learned from Joshua is that conventional advice, and here conventional personal finance advice, should not be accepted simply because it's conventional advice. A lot of times there are maxims that you hear, there are, there are sayings that you hear that you should follow when you're on your personal finance journey. And, and basically what I've learned is that they might be good to listen to, but you shouldn't listen to them purely because they're the standard advice. And some examples here are that you need an emergency fund or you need a six-month emergency fund. Or if you listen to Lucy Orman, I think she recommends a three-month emergency fund. And so the idea is that you shouldn't necessarily have an emergency fund simply because that's the advice. You should understand what the benefits to having an emergency fund are, what situations having that emergency fund is applicable for and what situations it's not applicable for. So then if you understand the reason behind the advice, you'll be better able to make the decision on whether to follow it or not. Um, and, and you know, some other examples are you, you should save, you know, at least 10% of your money in your 401k or you should save in your 401k to at least get the match on your 401k. This is also good advice, but you shouldn't follow it simply because it's given. You need to understand why that is good advice. Why should you get the match? When should you not seek out to get the match? Um, when are these situations applicable to you? And I think this is mainly a lesson in remembering to challenge the things you hear. Challenge the understandings that you are given and seek them to the source. Seek to understand why they're valuable and if they apply to you. Because they might be valuable, but they might not also be applied to your goals and your financial journey. My second point is very similar to the first, but it's somewhat the opposite. So basically, my second point is conventional advice should not be rejected simply because it's the conventional path. So Joshua Sheets hosts a radical personal finance show, and this idea of being radical almost indicates that you should maybe consider going against the norm, being contrarian, and doing things that are different simply because they're different. And I don't think that's a good thing to learn either. <sighs> you know, Joshua talks about it, but I also think it, it's what I've taken away is that there's a lot of value to conventional advice. And there's a reason that this advice has been handed down and that it's standard talking lines for many people, getting out of debt, paying off your mortgage, investing money. 
these are important things to do. These are important um, steps on the financial independence journey. And although they don't apply to everyone, they should not be simply rejected because they are the conventional advice. There, you might find that conventional advice applies to you and you need to seek to understand the advice you're given and the advice that you consume because if you don't understand it, you won't be able to apply it properly and you won't be able to properly understand when to listen to it. Now, I am being very general and very vague, but I'm, I'm doing that intentionally because I don't want to pigeonhole you into thinking about, oh, I'm just talking about emergency funds, or I'm just talking about saving money, or I'm just talking about investing. I'm trying to talk generally because these are very general topics, and there's a lot of different aspects to personal finance. And if you're going to be a successful investor, and you're going to build wealth over time, you really need to have a deep understanding of what you're doing and why you're doing it. Now, you don't need to know everything, and you don't need to become an expert on every aspect of personal finance. But what you do need to understand is your personal goals, your personal financial plan, and how the actions that you are taking leads to success on that plan. And this leads me to my third key point that I want to talk about today. And this third lesson that I've learned is that strategy is more important than tactics. And and this is a broad statement, but in terms of personal finance, in terms of investing, your investing strategy is more important than the investing tactics. And your personal finance strategy is more important than your personal finance tactics. And the reason for this is that tactics change over time, but strategy is enduring. So what is a tactic and what is a strategy? So one personal finance tactic is to invest money in your 401k up until you hit the match and at least hit the match. So that's a tactic. And a tactic is basically something that drills down into a small specific action that's going to provide you benefit. And the reason I say that strategy is more important than tactics is because these tactics can change. Not everyone has access to a 401k. So if I spend a lot of time focusing on what are the best tactics for you to handle your 401k that's only going to apply to some people? And it might be that 401ks don't exist at some point in the future. They didn't always exist in the past, so the idea that they might not exist in the future shouldn't be unheard of. And when I'm producing content and when I'm and I'm trying to explain ideas, I want to focus more on strategy than tactics because the strategy is enduring. Strategy is something that lasts over a much longer period of time. And the comparison to the tactic of putting money in your 401k up until the match would be a strategy of don't leave free money on the table. And basically, although there's no such thing as free, there's always a cost to everything, um, matched money from your employer in a 401k is as relatively close to free as you're going to get. Saving money in a 401k is good for tax savings purposes. And so the idea that you're losing something for putting in the 401k, although it might be true in lost opportunity cost for other options, you're still gaining a benefit outside the match. So the match is really found money. It's kind of 
cl- as close to free money as you're going to get. And so the strategy would be, okay, well, don't leave free money on the table if you can help it. But the tactic that I'm talking about is putting money in your 401k until you get the match. Another example would be, you know, a tactic would be using the 401k, but a strategy might be keeping tax expenses low. And so, and and that's a general statement. So strategies are more general, tactics are more specific. And what I really want you to learn and focus on is learn the strategies of being financially successful more than you learn the tactics, because the tactics are going to change by your place, by your time, by who you are, what your job is, where you live. And it's easy to become embroiled in trying to understand all the different tactics. But if you understand the strategy of how to become financially successful, if you understand an investing strategy like value investing, which I talk about here on the show, then by understanding the general strategy, you don't necessarily need to concern yourself with all the tactics because if you understand the strategy, the tactics will come on their own. The tactics will make sense and you'll be able to learn those and make decisions based upon the strategy. But if all you know is tactics and you don't understand the why, the strategy is the why. If you don't understand the why, you're going to become lost as soon as you're put in a new situation where the tactics don't apply. You know, there's a tax reform bill that was passed last year in 2017 that changed income tax rates. And so anything that had been written about income tax rates would have to be updated and changed. Anything, any tactics that were based on specific income tax rates and specific deductions is no longer relevant. But any strategies focused on minimizing tax expenses would still endure, still be helpful, still be worth learning and having understood. And this is valuable because there was a tax reform bill passed last year and there's nothing to stop a tax reform being bill being passed this year or next year that changes everything you know about about personal finance tactics or investing tactics. Capital gains could change. Capital gains taxes could be eliminated. Um, 401ks could be eliminated tomorrow if Congress made that change in the law. And so all that you've learned about 401ks might not be as useful if you haven't focused on the true strategies. Because what you need to understand is how to be flexible, how to be anti-fragile, as Nassim Taleb would say, um, in your financial journey so that you can adapt to new environments. This brings me to my fourth lesson, which is that action leads to life changes and that ideas, learnings, and study are all meaningless if you don't take action to improve your life. When I'm talking on this podcast to you, I'm providing you with ideas, I'm providing you with lessons and education and tools that I believe can be helpful to you in your financial journey to financial independence. But it's all meaningless if all you do is listen to this podcast and you don't actually take action. If you don't actually do anything with it, then you haven't gained the benefit that I'm trying to provide. You haven't taken the time to say, hey, Trey's taken the time to provide this podcast, to provide this information. I find it valuable, but I haven't done the next step. And the next step is way more important. Although I 
am grateful that you're listening to this podcast, and I'm grateful that you're taking the time out of your day that's very valuable to study and learn what I'm telling you, I think it's important that you don't stop there. You need to take action on the things that I'm instructing if you want it to benefit your life. There's no point in learning about how to become a better investor if you don't actively practice becoming a better investor. If you're not out there you know, working to see and, and study investments and, and, and moderate, you know, create an investment portfolio or create an investment plan with the stuff that I'm talking about, then you're not gaining the true benefit that I'm trying to provide. I'm trying to provide you the tools, the knowledge, and the resources that are needed to improve your life, improve your financial journey. And those only will take place if you take action. If you take the time to sit down, put forth a plan, and then take action on it, that's how you make a better tomorrow for yourself. You can listen all you want to me talk about how you should save money, but if you don't actually take action, make a budget, and save money, and you do that budget each and every month to see how your spending patterns are developing, you're not going to gain the benefit. If you don't create an investment portfolio from your savings, that money isn't going to grow. You need to take action in order to see the life change. So lesson number five, there is more than one way to become financially successful. What I mean by this is you don't need to focus on, again, these tactics of how to become financially successful. Some people will tell you that you need to become financially successful through investing in stocks. And I talk a lot about stocks in this podcast, but I don't think that's the only way to become financially successful. It's the way that's best for me, but it might not be the best way for you. You can also become financially successful by investing in real estate. There's a lot of people who earn money and invest it by buying homes and flipping homes on the market or by buying rental houses and renting them out to people and having the renters pay off their mortgages. You can become incredibly wealthy by investing in real estate without ever owning a single stock. And that's okay. For some people, that's the right path to take. Others shouldn't invest in stocks or real estate. Others might make their money by investing in bonds and investing all their money in bonds over time. You can become financially successful investing just in bonds and having less volatility than the comparable stocks. Also, you can become financially successful by investing in anything. You might invest in starting your own business. That can be a financially successful way to go. Or you can become financially successful just working a normal corporate job. For many people, working a normal corporate job, working nine to five or working longer hours is the ideal way for them to build up to financial success. They can work, they can have dependable income, and with that dependable income, you can then take it and invest it. And maybe that's investing with a financial advisor. Maybe it's investing it on your own. I don't have the answer on what situation is best for you, but what I want to share the learning is is that there's more than one way to become financially successful. You don't have to focus on the ways that I talk about or the ways that other people talk about. What is the way that best fits your financial goals and your financial dreams? And become financially successful in your own way.
And this brings me to my sixth lesson, which is there's more than one definition of success. You don't have to simply accept the definition that is given to you by society. It is not the only definition to say you're financially successful if you become a millionaire. You can be fin- you can be successful if you aren't a millionaire. There's also ways that are non-financial success. You can be successful by building a community, improving your local community, um, and making a difference there. You can be successful by raising good, honorable, and moral children in the world. You can be successful by being a good spouse and developing that strong relationship where your spouse can depend upon you. You can be successful by going out into the world and and developing something major, creating a massive corporation that helps millions of people. And you can be successful by just making a very deep impact on a single person in your life to make their life better. And you can be successful just by making sure that you are the best version of yourself that you can be. You don't have to accept the definition of success that is given to you by society. You don't even have to def- have to accept the definition of financial success that's given to you by society. Maybe financial success for you is being able to work at a job and pay your bills. Maybe success for you is becoming a millionaire. Maybe you don't think you're financially successful unless you have earned a billion dollars in your lifetime. I don't know what the best definition of success is for you. You're going to have to define it yourself. But what I want to communicate is that it's okay to have your own definition for success. And you should. You should understand what success means to you and ignore what society tells you you need to do to become successful. Because what matters is that you are doing what helps you become successful in your own mind. And this brings me to seven. So the seventh lesson I have for you is don't compare yourself to others. Only compare yourself to your past self. And I think this is important when you're developing your definition of success. There are billions of people in the world who are all doing different things. And they're all doing things at different levels of society. You can't compare yourself to someone who is, quote unquote, ahead of you in life based upon some arbitrary definition. Just because someone has more money than you doesn't make them more successful than you. You can't compare yourself to that. You don't know what advantages they had in their life and you don't know what challenges they have had in their life. They could be older than you. They could be coming from a different uh, background than you. They could have been given a jump start that gives them some advantage. You have no idea what has gone into somebody's life to how they have developed today. But what you do know is you do know yourself. You can compare yourself to your past self. You can show progress in your life. And I think this is where one of the definitions of success that I like to have for my self is that each and every day, each and every week, and each and every year, I want to become a little bit of a better person. I want to progress financially, morally, 
spiritually each and every week to become better. If I can do something each week where I'm a little bit smarter, I'm a little bit more productive, I'm a little bit more financially successful, I've saved a little bit more money, I think I'm being successful. Because what I want to focus on for myself is continuous improvement. And I think this is a good goal for you. Don't focus on reaching some arbitrary goal like a million dollars saved. Focus on having more money tomorrow than you do today. If you can save a dollar today so that you have a dollar more tomorrow than you did today, that's successful. And you know what? If you can push that someday to $2 or $10 or $100 in a day, even better. But don't focus on someone else's ability to perform in an area that you like. Don't focus on the people that achieve that have already achieved what you want to achieve and compare yourself to them. You can use them as inspiration. But you just need to focus on getting better than your past self so that when you look back in 10 years, you will be amazed how far you've come. That's what you want to see. You want to see yourself progressing each and every day, each and every week, and each and every year to be in a new and better position than you were before. And if you do that, your future self will thank you, and I believe you'll be successful. Lesson number eight, personal finance is primarily behavioral, not mathematical. You see, the mathematics of personal finance are very simple and straightforward. I can talk to you all day about how much money you need to save every year in order to become a millionaire by 65. And I can run the numbers and you can calculate them too, and they're never going to change. But what matters is that the way you're successful in personal finance has very little to do with the mathematics behind it. You can learn the mathematics, and I think it's important to do so. But that's just one aspect of becoming a successful investor. The mathematics of compounding are what drive large wealth compared to the small starting position. But the only way you're able to harness the power of compounding is by mastering your behavior. And mastering your behavior takes a lot more effort than learning the mathematics of personal finance and investing. It's relatively easy to understand how 10% earnings per year on your investments can double, triple, and quadruple your money over the years. But it's relatively hard to understand how you're going to behave in the next down market in the stock market. How you're going to behave when stocks drop by 50% and you watch your account value drop from $500,000 to $250,000. It's hard to prepare for the emotional anguish that you'll feel in seeing your savings seemingly drift away. And it's hard to prepare yourself for the discipline that's needed to save each and every month to improve your financial situation. But it's critical that you do so. It's vastly more important that you focus on improving your behavior, building good habits and eliminating bad habits if you want to be successful as an investor 
or if you want to be financially independent. So I encourage you to focus more on improving your personal finance behaviors and habits than do you do about reading the mathematical formulas that will take you to success. Because those mathematical formulas will still be there, but they're going to be even more powerful if you've mastered your behavior. And this brings me to my ninth lesson, which is you are capable of controlling and curating your desires by what you expose yourself to. Joshua Sheets has this really cool story where he talks about being interested in cars early in life. And he would have, I think it's cars, if I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm not wrong, but I think it was cars. And basically he would get these car magazines or um, men's style magazines. And you kind of learn about style and fashion and learn about vehicles and learn about different things that he found very interesting. And what he found is that he was able to curate and increase his desire for nice cars by just subscribing to a magazine that showed American automobiles and nice vehicles and had articles about the best vehicle equipment and the best new tires you can get. And what he found was, is that when he got rid of those magazines and eliminated that subscription from his life and reduced his exposure to aspirational vehicles or aspirational style, he reduced his desire for it as well. He was able to control the amount that he desired or wanted those things, such that after he got rid of that daily or weekly exposure to nice vehicles, he found he didn't want them as much. And I think that's something that you'll find as well, is if you reduce your exposure to things that you desire, but maybe you really shouldn't desire, or maybe you feel you'd like to change your desires, you can do that. You're capable of controlling and curating your desires. And I encourage you to use that to help master your behavior, as I discussed in my lesson eight. And this brings me to my final lesson for today. Lesson number 10. Don't be afraid of helping others. Sharing of ideas, knowledge, and skills does not lessen your own worth. It only improves yourself and others in the world. And I think this is something that I've, I've struggled with myself in the past. And I think is sometimes a continuous struggle. You know, as I discuss investing, and I discuss all the aspects of investing that I'm learning, I'm only able to do so because I've come to the understanding that by sharing my learnings and by sharing my ideas, or by sharing my stock ideas, as you can see in my membership program at diyinvesting.org slash patron, by sharing those ideas and by sharing that knowledge, I'm not harming myself. I don't reduce my own personal worth by providing you with the knowledge that I have. If I increase your relative understanding to mine, the world has gotten better, not worse. The world's getting better. And even if my relative knowledge compared to other people is lower, that doesn't make things worse. It only makes things better. Because my absolute knowledge and skills is only going up 
over time, I'm getting better and better as an investor. I'm getting better and better at mastering my finances and my personal behaviors that go into being successful financially. And I want you to be able to do the same. And I think in the past, I struggled with this idea that if I shared my ideas and I shared the things that I've learned and I've mastered, that somehow I wouldn't be as valuable. You know, if, if, if the things that I'm discussing you've already mastered, that doesn't make me any less worthwhile to be sharing them or to have learned them myself. It just means that overall as a society, we're continually getting better. And I think that's a nice aspirational goal. And I think this can revolve around a lot of things. It doesn't just involve investing and investing ideas. It can be whether you have a business idea. I used to come up with all sorts of business ideas when I was in college. Things that I could invent, companies that I could manage, um, products that I wanted to create. And you know what I did with those? I wrote them down and I didn't share them with anybody. And I didn't share them because I thought people would steal them and that they would take the idea and somehow deprive me of the benefits of that idea. Well, that was foolish. And that was foolish because the success of a business or the success of any product or idea is not built in the idea itself. It goes back to my lesson number four where I said action leads to life change. The power of the idea is not where the success comes from. The success comes from the action that makes it possible. So if I had a business idea for a new product, it was worthless unless I put time into creating it. Just like the idea to create an investing podcast called DIY Investing is worthless unless I sit down every week and record this podcast, I do the editing, and I share it with you. If I don't take the action, it is meaningless that I have this idea to talk about personal finance lessons because the idea only provides value when I've taken that action. And I want you to take a lesson away from this because don't let yourself be stimmied or slowed down by the idea that helping others somehow hurts yourself. It's this the sort of thinking that creates bullies, where bullies want to feel better about themselves by bringing other people down. In the same way, don't feel worse about yourself by building other people up. You should build other people up because that also builds you up and it makes the world a better place and it makes you a better person as well. And this is going to make you more successful. As you give to other people of your time, attention, and money, you're going to see that return to you tenfold. And I think it's important to remember this because only by making sure that you pass things on, you pass on the lessons that you've learned, you pass on the money that you've gained when you see places where you can make a difference. Don't be afraid to give because that giving of yourself makes you a better person and it makes you more successful and it makes the person you're helping more successful. And that's it for my lessons today. So those are 10 valuable lessons that I think you should remember in your own personal finance and investing journey. And I'll just reiterate them here for you so you can remember. 
Conventional advice should not be accepted simply because it's conventional advice. Conventional advice, though, should also not be rejected simply because it's conventional advice. Strategy is more important than tactics. Action leads to life changes. Ideas, learnings, and study are all meaningless if you don't take action to improve your life. There is more than one way to become financially successful. There is also more than one definition of success. Don't simply accept the definition given to you by society. And don't compare yourselves to others, only your past self. Personal finance is behavioral, not mathematical. Focus on mastering your behavior and your habits because they take a lot more effort, but they're a lot more important. You are capable of controlling and curating your desires by what you expose yourself to. And finally, don't be afraid of helping others. It will only improve yourself, others, and the world. Thank you. The full show notes for this podcast episode, including my outline for today's podcast, are available at diyinvesting.org slash episode 17. Finally, this is a listener-supported podcast. If you have gained value from today's content, please consider supporting the show financially as a patron. You can become a patron at diyinvesting.org slash patron. Your financial support is what allows me to continue creating this free investing content without any advertisements. If you choose to become a patron of the show, you'll receive exclusive insights into my personal investing process through the DIYinvesting.org membership program. Once again, you can find out more information at DIYinvesting.org slash patron or listen to episode 11 of this podcast where I go into full detail about the benefits of being a DIY investing member. Thank you for listening. And until next time, stop paying fees, start building wealth. Thank you for listening to the DIY Investing Podcast. Please visit our website and subscribe to our email list at DIYinvesting.org for guides, videos, and resources to help make you a better investor. The DIY Investing Podcast is presented for general informational and entertainment purposes only. I have not considered your specific situation or risk profile, and I have not provided investment advice. The information presented on the DIY Investing Podcast should not be construed as investment advice. The views and opinions expressed on the DIY Investing Podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the show's host or sponsors. DIY Investing, its producers, sponsors, and host, Trey Henniger, shall not be liable for losses resulting from investment decisions based upon information or viewpoints presented on the DIY Investing Podcast. Switching to Shopify helps you sell smarter at every stage of your business. Take full control of your brand with your own custom online store. Wow, looks amazing. Find more customers with our easy-to-use marketing tools. Piece of cake and let the best converting checkout on the planet do its thing. 
Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Switch to Shopify today for a $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Listen. 